We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that government's longest and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into the Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property. Be free. Well, hello, everybody. Mic check, mic check. I'm not using uh, anything besides my phone today. So drop emojis if you can hear me all right, please, so we know that uh, we're good. Appreciate it, appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and get to the topic now, you know, you know, we got Biden and Trump banning guns and all this good stuff. So um, definitely tonight we don't have any um, special guests. It's definitely a community uh, discussion. Um, we have to remember, by the way, that our guns or anything that we deem possible as a weapon to protect ourselves from our government, that's what the, the Second Amendment was for in the first place. So. I'm going to uh, go ahead and pull up Baldy, and we're going to go ahead and get into the conversation because this is very important. Um, it's, so, it's so crazy to me, too, the fact that they're trying to um, instigate a war, but they don't want us as citizens to have guns. But you're sending guns and weapons to other countries. It's just so ass backwards. That makes sense. So, um, Baldy, uh, please go ahead and uh, speak on this subject. Everyone? the the gun ban with uh, Biden. Yeah. Every time the Democrats come into power, we should already expect that they're going to attack the Second Amendment. The sudden shooting in New York by that fellow, whoever he was, that threw in the, the not pipe bomb, but he threw in like a grenade of, that made smoke. And then he started shooting people. Look at how these incidents start, 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 start out of nowhere. There's always little incidents of terrorism. Not at the scale of Islamo-fascist terrorism, but nevertheless a form of false, like a false hoax made. It, it happened, yes, but it was pre-planned. And what is the first one? Who's the first ones to attack? And who are the first ones to, the, that, the, that the Democrat Party attacks? The average citizen that is law-abiding and that, and that follows the rules, that owns guns. So immediately they just go after, they start talking all this mess. Yesterday, I think it was, he, he signed into... I think in executive order against ghost ghost guns. Okay, so he's starting with ghost gun. Really, not a problem with having a ghost gun. You have three D printer. You got the 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 uh, blue the the blue schematics to do it. Okay, then do it. But why is he limiting? Why? Because now he wants them registered. Who you think people are going to comply? No, no, no more time to comply. Nowhere in the Constitution should we be complying once we're able to make our own weapons. 
we have the power to make our own weapons, we should have the power to empower ourselves without having to answer to the government. I don't care who does it. Even if it is dishonest with uh, red flag laws, like you mentioned last time, Donnie, or if it's even Trump, I would go against that because anybody, Democrat or Republican, who dares attacks, this is nonsense. I give it back to you, Donnie. You're you're absolutely right about that because uh, we can't, and I'm happy you brought up Democrats and Republicans because they're both doing it. It is one is just not as extreme as the other. And we have to remember like that's exactly what they're doing where they act like one is a lesser two evils. Well, one is like basically saying, well, if I, if I, I say this is not as bad, but they're still pushing the same thing. But one is just not as extreme as the other one. So that, that's why it's so important that we have these conversations. We have to realize both sides don't want people having guns. At the end of the day, they're both the government. So um, Jet is in the building. I have something I want to play with you guys. But I'm, it's like acting slow. So I'm going to – because like uh, Thomas, Maddie was talking about some stuff. But this is not him. I don't know. But uh, Jet. You can go ahead and drop some things. Me and you were talking about this a little bit earlier. And I also know that, you know, I feel like they use the black community as shields and stuff when they try to push all this stuff. But it's actually hurt our community heavy when it comes to um, guns. So, um, Jet, if you want to drop some gems real quick, I'm going to also play a video with, uh, for about Thomas. Because Thomas put up some stuff on Twitter. I'm going to read it to you. But I, I thought he had a video, but I'm trying to. But this is not the video. But yeah, Jack, go ahead. Yeah, hey, what's going on? Guns. And, oh, I'm driving, my bad. As far as the ghost guns and registering them, I don't understand where that whole, like, I guess, idea came from. Just understanding what a ghost gun is and, and just being able, if you wanted to basically say, oh, well, we need to register or have a way to register all these, you know, 3D copied guns, wouldn't that come with starting with uh, making sure who who are keeping tabs on who has a 3D printer? And then going even further than that, like Blotty said, like, who who's really going to register these ghost guns? Like, that, that's insane. And as far as just the guns and... I, I, you know, I have my own views on, on owning guns. I own guns myself, but I also don't believe that we should have, uh, I guess, a limitation on how many we should have and being able to make our own weapons. Yeah, I definitely, definitely don't agree with uh, anybody, you know, infringing on that right, our right to bear arms. And, and then I remember on a couple of other shows when we were talking about the law, uh, as far as like when you're talking to an officer, if they pull you over, whatnot they actually use that terminology weapon because they don't want to use the actual constitutional um terminology of an of an arm because if you look up the definition of arms and weapons they're two they're totally different especially when you look up legalese terms and they like to use weapon because they can i guess consider you more 
of a threat when you say, uh, when they ask you, oh, hey, sir, do you have a weapon in the car? Nine times out of ten, you know, most people say, if they do, they say yes, but, you know, even that can get that, like I said, the jurisdiction thing, it pulls you into the jurisdiction, but if you just politely said, no, I do not have the weapons, I, I do enforce my right to bear arms, I do, I am a believer of the Second Amendment, you know, that's a, it's a different answer, but it, it will, it keeps them on their toes because you're not directly answering them about the weapons. They don't, they don't like it when you use that, that second uh that second amendment you know rhetoric but as far as that and with the black community i don't really uh see too much of a positive black community because i wasn't a supporter of black lives matter i'm still not i just never believed in in a, a group just saying that one specific uh ethnicity has has a, a, a right to matter I, I believe that all all ethnicities have have presidents and and being uh you know alive and you know cared about all that good stuff so i never was a believer of the black lives matter and then as far as when we start talking specifically with the black community like we were just talking me and donnie are just talking about um if you ask me personally there's i i would say if if you want to label it like that there's two in my in my book black communities there's the black community like as far as the uh the Black Lives Matter, and then the people who would, you know, bring up the reforma- reformations and all that stuff. That, like, do you have that group that doesn't really get too political or too involved with their whole uh, local community and all that stuff? And then they like to use a lot of the stereotypes on the, the I guess, the, the mm, how would you say, however you would say, like, if, if there's already a stereotype about a certain group of people, and if you if I'm talking about this first group of black, uh, this black community, uh, they they would, I guess, use the stereotypes that certain groups have about just blacks in general as a as a hindrance, but also use that as a see, they look at us like this. And and then we should we should do this because of that. Like you have those people that like to make excuses amongst the black community and don't like to you know stand up and, and go do for themselves. Now, you also have like on um, the second group I'm going to talk about, you have what I like to call uh, or how the for a lack of better words describing the other I guess side because neither one of these sides are con- together you have that black community of the black lives matter and all that that whole little co- coalition of uh, pretty much ignorance and then you have the other side of I would say the the educated blacks or the blacks that um that are more uh, uh I guess productive members of society and their whole dilemma is they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily have a core connection with others, other blacks that, that view, that have the same views. And then they're starting to come together with like podcasts like these, or just like how the world was shut down and everybody wants to get back to being outside or being sociable. And they find these people, but there's not too many, I would say blacks that are, are, um, in a coalition together that are positive, but they're starting to come around now, you know, just because things are, things are uh, getting, things are changing. Now I remember when I was in high school, I had a couple of buddies who liked anime and stuff like that. And now you see more rate, more groups of ethnicities watching anime, or now it's like a, a, a social norm for you to like at least some anime. I remember back, back when I was in high school and stuff like that, and it, I didn't watch it heavily, but even some of my my other uh, homeboys and stuff like that, they got pressured on or picked on or, or like um, shunned by the own their own. And I'm using air quotes when I put this up their own black society, because 
I guess that wasn't the thing or you could only listen to rap music and all that stuff. And I remember when I was uh, in county, I, I did a little t- uh, time in county to fight a t- uh, assault charge and I beat it. But while I was in there, there was a white boy in there and he was from Cali. And, you know, uh, in the mix of us talking and everything, he was telling me like the lowdown of what it was to be uh, incarcerated as a white boy back in like the early 90s. They weren't even allowed to listen to any other music besides like country or rock. And I know that's not going to be a big surprise, but the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because we got and in that conversation. We got further into how they were allowed to start listening. He was like Eminem broke down the door for a lot of white boys that wanted to listen to rap or just came from a different background and, you know, different culture, probably grew up in an all black neighborhood, then went to jail. And, you know, you have to do that whole get down with your race to survive. And there's certain group that that don't. They stay solo. That's what it's called being solo. You don't you don't rock with anybody. But he was basically saying and I only bring all that up because he was basically saying that there was a point in time where white boys can even listen to uh, any type of music they wanted. They get shunned by their own people. So I'm just saying that it's coming full circle for it, specifically the black community of the, I guess, the higher form of thinking, the higher form of intelligence, uh, that group. They're they're coming around. So, you know, and going back to the gun things, I don't I don't agree with registering all the all the guns or even the ghost guns. But then again, at the same time, I don't agree with everybody having a ghost gun because I am definitely definitely with um like I guess vetting a person properly or making sure that a person's vetted enough to have, you know, the the to own the gun. But you know, that's pretty much all I have to say right now. Thank you. Sorry, I'm trying to unmute my mic. Now it's working. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, dropping those things because those are, those are, those are really important points we need to definitely pay attention to when this discussion's going on. But like, I'm actually also happy to like I'm gonna bring up one more thing. Hold on, one second because I don't have this on mute. It. I I'll read what Thomas put up on his page yesterday. But I also, um, you know, Baldy did say like, oh no, um, yeah, Trump has these things and it's not the third. I guess um, President Trump said on Wednesday, this is a couple of years ago, that Congress should act quickly on gun laws as he convened lawmakers at the White House, push for tougher background checks, school safety, and mental health resources to prevent shootings. Um, by the way, a lot of these shootings are, uh, what do you call those things? Um, false, false flags, that's what they're called. And a lot of times they're orchestrated this way um, in order to try to scare people into doing what they want them to think and feel. I'm going to play something that has to do with Trump recently, um, a couple years ago. And if you're someone who says you believe in our constitutional rights, you believe um, that the government, the reason why we have guns, anything that we can see. By the way, switchblades are illegal in a lot of states. And in why would you have to sit there? First of all, if you want to try to save people's lives, you just push a button for the blade to pop out um, so you can protect yourself. But then when you have to get those ones that are kind of hard to maneuver and operate, uh, that's BS. This is nothing about your safety. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has to do with control. And they, want you to, you, they want us to die. So let me uh, play real quick this thing here. Let me make sure it's loud. So as we continue to mourn the loss of so many precious young lives, departments Determined to turn our brain into action. I think that 
break the law. Some people, a few, that's not the entire, we don't have a bunch of uh, duels going on. We don't have a bunch of crazy stuff going on. They have criminals that are out here doing certain things. Well, why would you want to disarm? What happened to Jen? Oh, I'll add you back. But what, what, like, what, why are we sitting trying to make laws to hurt other people? You can't sit there and try to tell me you're a big fan of the 2A if you don't even understand it. Like, and if we're talking about you want you want him to be 2024, 20, this is what you're gonna get. You're gonna have Florida red flag laws, and then the red flag laws in Florida, when it was implemented, I think in 2018, uh, after it happened, I think over 2,200 people it went through. They used it 99% of the time. Um, they the judges and everything backed uh, taking up people's um, guns. Let me go to Thomas Massey's page real quick. Um, and discuss some things that he had talked about about all this, and that's why I like him so much. I, I, I you know, people are like, oh, no, no snitching, no snitching. Nah, man, he snitches on both sides. Like, hey, this is what they're trying to do, and everything. So hold on, I got some stuff, and that, and that makes sense too. Why he would endorse a, a Dr. Oz too, by the way. Um, hold on. Un momento, por favor. Let me get to this. Uh, Thomas Massey stuff right quick because I reposted some stuff. Okay, Thomas says, Joe Biden's gun control announcement isn't about stopping crime. He wants the government to have a list of every law-abiding American who owns a gun. He wants to keep a list of names of people who buy replacement parts, and he announced he wants to ban many of these guns. Now, there's this lady. Um, her name is Kitty, and I cannot pronounce her last name, but I'm going to try. Worthman. Um, she 
was in Austria. And when the, all this whole thing with the, the, the Nazis and everything popped off, she she came and spoke to American people and warned them about like what's going to happen from here. And I want to make sure I play Kitty today because exactly what they're doing now is what they are trying to accomplish here in America. And this is not about safety and knowing who has guns, who doesn't. This is about them figuring out who has guns. They want your inventory. So when they come knock on your door, they know exactly what you have. That's why you have all these jokes about people talking about, oh, I lost my guns in a, in a fishing trip. You know, like, I don't want you to know what I have. But when you know, actually, I have I have no heavy, I have no criminal background, no criminal nothing. A couple of years ago, I think back in 2012 or 13, I I was I bought a uh, a 22 Ruger. So when you go, so this is the first thing too. We already have heavy regulations. When I went to a pawn shop buy a gun, you had to do a background check, and I worked at that pawn shop. So when you get the someone buys a gun, you go and dial a number up, and you put the information in the system, and then they'll tell you if okay, yes, go ahead, sell them a gun, or you have 72 hours, um, and then. They'll come back and be like, if they never call back, then you can sell them a gun. Or if they don't ever, come, uh, you know, say anything to like, oh, yeah, no, they can't have a gun. 72 hours. So I myself personally had to wait the 72 hours to get my Ruger 22 rifle. And I have no criminal background, nothing. And and I had to wait myself to be able to purchase a, v- a gun. So let's listen to Kitty real quick. Because they do this, it's the same thing. We also had gun control. Hold on, hold on. Kitty, hold on. So the thing is, she's warning everybody. Like the same things that happen with the whole Nazi stuff is what they're trying to do here in America. And the fact that she's still alive, I think she's like 89, 90 something years old. And she's doing these things and speaking. Because you had to, when we listen to our um, elders, some of them don't know what they're talking about. But when the, your elders are truly trying to warn you, especially when they've lived through something, we have to listen. We have to listen. Check out Kitty. Let me let me play her stuff right quick for y'all. This she she's speaking some real truth, and this is exactly how she's explaining how the Nazi stuff went down. Is exactly what they're trying to do now. Hold on. We also had gun control. The government said that children were playing with guns and we had hunting accidents, people accidentally shooting each other, and we had criminals again, murderers. The only way that they could track the murderer was by the um, serial number of the gun. So bring your, your gun to the police station then we can register the serial number and we can Real quick, I'm not, I don't like interrupting Miss Kitty because she's speaking some facts. Do y'all think that any kind of criminal is going to bring in their guns and tell y'all their serial number? No. It's going to be law-abiding citizens who come in, come in there and tell you, okay, you're right, I want to protect my community, and here is my serial number to my, my guns so you guys know that I'm not a criminal. Criminals are not doing that. They're not doing that. Why would they want to register guns so that they can be caught? Think about that. All right, Kitty. Go ahead, girl. Drop your gems, girl. Um, please now. Yeah. The criminal. And we thought that was a good idea. 
And on that note, too, this is trying to provoke a war. And at this time in, in our life and our history, they're trying to provoke a war with Ukraine and Russia. What on God's earth makes you think that we should give up our guns to our government and they're trying to go to war? That is, Kitty is is very, very um, old, but very, very wise. And she's speaking to people. This is during the Obama administration, by the way, that she's doing all this speaking. She's speaking on this stuff. It's so important because this is, you hear what you just said? This is the same thing they're doing right now. Oh, there's these shootings. They're shooting up our children. They use women and children all the time and old people all the time as an excuse. Like we had to protect them, had to protect them. Then how can we protect them if we're not armed? How? How? You supposed to throw your pillow at them? Throw some fruit and vegetables at them? No, they want you to die. And I had a conversation with someone the other day. Uh, I think it was Flamethrower, actually. We're going to talk about how um, the Vikings, they, they go explore all the time, and they have the women and children and the elder there at home. Now, think about this. So if, if, they, if the women, if people want to go and attack and take over some land, and they know the men are gone, the fighters are gone, and they go into to go and attack the women and children and the and the, the elderly. The, those people have been set up. They, the women were trained to they didn't have guns back then, but they had swords. They had whatever they had to protect their 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 land. Those people went to the Viking areas and they would die. The women would kick them at their ass. The kids would kick their ass. The elderly would kick their ass. The reason why they were able to survive and do the things they were doing for so long is because we are able to protect ourselves. You have to be able to protect your community. So, um, Jet, do you want to add anything to that? I don't think you. I don't think I've ever really talked to you about Kitty, but do you hear what Kitty's talking about? Um, do you see like how it's correlating with what's going on in America and how it's so crazy that we, they're trying to provoke a war 
and they're sending weapons over to Ukraine and stuff. Anybody who wants to come and fight will give you weapons. But America, you can't have weapons? Are you serious? The most free country in the world, they try and take your weapons? Yeah, I think it's really funny. Um, uh, it was like a month back I had went, end up going into the gun range. You know, I'm in Texas, and uh, I will omit the name just for, you know, because I don't know if I'm going to, when I say this, if I'm going to be promoting them or if I'm, you know, just. But anyways, one of the guys in there, he uh, he's not a range officer, but he is messing or is dating, or a better term, is uh, dating the uh, owner of the range. And uh, we slowly start, got to start talking, and he was talking about how a lot of the guns are being sent over. At this time, they were being sent over to, to Poland. And, uh, you know, they're sending a lot of ammo and, and weapons over to Poland uh, first before they uh, minister them to the, any of the volunteers that want to go and, you know, volunteer in Ukraine. But even bringing that up, I have a couple of things to say that all ties in together. Uh, I believe a lot of the, the a lot of people over here that are in the know, whether if you call them, you know, super think tanks or just certain societies, they're in the know. Um I would like to say that certain ones of these people are stock owners in certain companies, big, big stock owners. So they know how to, I guess, um, to, to manipulate the system, if you will. Uh, they, I guess he wanted to get it out to the point where, you know, you, you, you want to, he wants us to buy more ammo and more guns from his store and all that good stuff. But as far as the Ukraine things, uh, I read an article a couple of weeks back, or it was in a, it was in an article, and it was a, a gentleman made who made a video of it. I forgot what country he hailed from. I think he was actually Canadian, but he was uh, giving the down low on how it is going over there to the Ukraines to volunteer to fight. Now, a lot of the people that you see on the news that they you know snap these pictures of with all these this uh, tactical gear on, supporting you know fighting for the Ukraines. They're they're creating a certain diaspora because they want people to believe that you can go over there, volunteer, and that there's a whole coalition of forces over there that's organized and that they know what they're doing. And well, that's a complete lie, because a lot of the people over there who are volunteering are not even allowed to come back once they realize it's not what it is. And when I say that, I mean that there's not every everybody's not getting issued a gun. That's that's blasphemy right there. How can you how can you expect me to to fight? or even be uh, uh, eyesore to people who would be uh, the ones being the agi agitator or the aggressor in that fight. And I don't even have a gun. And then he was talking about how the people who are lucky enough to even get issued a gun are only getting 10 rounds in their magazine. And I don't, I, I don't know who would think that that's all right. Yeah, I, I can deal with 10 rounds. No, I, I just completely don't understand that logic. And just when, you, you got someone like me who kind of pays attention. I, and I say kind of because I'm, I'm still kind of busy, you know, in my life with work and school. But just the, a person like me who would understand that not every bullet that gets shot in, in a battle is going to hit your intended target. And 10, 10 rounds, what is that supposed to do? I can, I can be done with that in a day. And then you had a gentleman on your show not too long ago who talked about when Russia was bombing the Ukraine, they were bombing, they were targeting, uh, I guess, certain places of satanic worship, uh, certain sex traffic buildings. And also, I know that um, I got a buddy of mine who's big into 
uh, reading rhetoric on the deep state. He's talking about how uh, the reason why Russia is even over there is because all this money that's being, uh, you know, like funneled or or for lack of better terms, this money that's being that's being used by these elitists. They I guess they had a stake in it in the Ukraine's, you know, uh, Hunter Biden and and all that stuff, that all that whole rhetoric talk. But as far as like um, the lady and w- what you had on, uh, I forgot her name already. I-, I couldn't really hear a lot because of my-, my hearing and everything. But when you brought up the guns and the Ukraine, yeah, I have I had a couple of things to touch on that. Like, I don't believe that anybody should go over to Ukraine's, especially from America, Canada, anything. I really don't. I, I have a heart that goes out for the refugees. And I-, I have a heart for anybody who wants to volunteer and fight. And also with the volunteers, the, uh, the gentleman that was from Cana- uh, Canada, Canadian. Yeah. The gentleman that was from Canada. He was talking about how once you get over there and you realize that this is not what it is. Like I could die over here. It's it's not how I thought I would be volunteering for a coalition of people to come over here and actually put it into this nonsense. He was talking about like nah. Even for the the officials out there, they're not they're not helping. And then. As far as when you try to leave, if they if they see you at the border with any tactical gear on or if it looks like you're a militant member, they take your passport. They're doing everything to prevent you, the volunteers from leaving. So as far as like the the um, the gun control that we have over here in our country and all this stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine, it's just going to get it's, it's getting crazier. So I don't see I, the real I see kind of like I, my mind looks at. The, the, the things that kind of go on behind the stage. And, and what I kind of see arising out of this is they want to push the rhetoric to change because they, I guess our, our elitist government, they are more so um, worried about how our minds are going to react to a certain type of, uh, uh, you know, ret- rhetoric that they spin. And I think that they're just really trying to get us to, to be, um, to be able to purchase more guns and justify it in our own heads so that, you know, when when everything goes down in this country, it's it. They want it to the point where it's it's ma- the masses are out there killing everybody. I mean, even if you look at it, look how people how crazy people are that people will shoot first and ask questions later. And that's that's, you know, a definition for even our own cops. But if you if you think about it, if you have everybody out here who has a gun and then, you know, they have all these riots and stuff going on. I mean, I, I don't even have to paint the picture for for anybody to uh, show you how, how reckless and crazy it would be, even for us here in America. But at the same time, I just think that they're really trying to get us into a panicked state of mind so that we can just go out, spend this money on all these guns and all this on this weapon and actually keep us, um, you know, uh, what's the divided between each other and our views and in our thinking, because that's really what they want. But that's pretty much all I got to say right now. Um, I did invite Thomas to come up if he's not busy um, on Twitter. Um, but before we get to Cole, um, real quick, he said, the Constitution does not authorize the federal government to prevent you from making your own firearm. By the way, um, someone in Congress saying that is a big freaking deal because none ever talk about these kind of things. Um, he says, this, a fact, um, has been recognized for over 200 plus years. Also, Article 1, Section 1, literally the first operative sentence of the Constitution is, Constitution makes laws, not the president. Okay? So, Cole, what's up? Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to watch the 
2022 report and they just mentioned what you just said in it. And um, the thing about the 2020 election. Cole, real quick. Cole, um, one second, real quick. I, I want to make sure we understand you clearly. I know this is an exciting conversation. Oh, so go ahead and you, take, your, take your time. Please take your time. Okay. I know. It's, so, it's, I know. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I watched the X-22 report before I came on, and they just missing what you just said about the Constitution. We, the people, we, the patriots, they're throwing everything at us like and we are just, we are just, they're in checkmate, not we the people. So they're freaking out. They are probably going to shut this country down again. Um, I can tell you now, you can believe me later on, they're probably going to come up with a other thing and set this gun down so they can cheat again for the 2022 lessons, probably, so they can keep the cabal in control. But I think there's some patriots undercover running out to Republicans that we don't know about. But we got to be careful and look at what. So if we take back the House and Senate, we can do a lot of stuff. We can mess this entire gun bill up. There's stuff going to drop in this next two weeks that's going to be so exciting. <laughs> Okay, I, I agree with you, Cole, about the, the government going to shut down the country again. I mean, you hear now more that they're talking about the COVID, you know, and the, I believe the new variant is Omicron. Or, I don't know. I don't pay attention to a lot of it. But even now, you can, I think it was last, earlier in the week, last week, I saw my, like, my grandma, she watches the news. I try to stay away from it as much as possible. But in that, she was talking, or the, the news was talking about how, Joe Biden is going to be he's he's more at risk for catching COVID because people in his cabinet have COVID. And I just don't understand what they think that the smart people are thinking about this. They must know that on all these, you know, news platform channels, they got all these sheep, all these people just listening to this stuff, just r running straight to the slaughter just to go get these vaccines. I, I don't understand, but I, I feel that they haven't 
excuse me, that they have another shutdown coming just alone on that. Now, I'm pretty interested to see. I, I said, I heard you said uh, you watched the, the X-22 uh, interview. And then, again, another one about the older election, I believe I, I heard you say. Um, good that you're paying attention to what they've said before because they usually like to kind of spin it <laughs> the next time they speak. I, I'm I'm glad that the, you know this this platform has people that watch these politicians and watch actually what they say, just so they can you know have a magnifying glass on them when they come out to say stuff again. Because I'm I'm pretty interested to see what the this is, might be the first presidential candidate that comes on or comes up in the next couple of years that I'm pretty interested to see what what these candidates have to say you know about the total the total dismay of everybody in the United States and all the all the things going on in the country and and in the world period but you know I, thank you for coming on Cole and uh if I if I do not completely understand I, I apologize again I have a hearing problem but I definitely will re reiterate what I need you to speak again but thank you thank you so much thank you Hey, James, go ahead, and then Lance, I'm going to pull you up next. Real quick, James, I know you could be saying some crazy stuff sometimes. Um, let's, this, this this audience is a mixed group, so, like, you know, I'm not telling you to censor yourself, but, like, let's, I know you be saying some things sometimes. I'm like, James, I know you did not just say that. You trying to, my, you trying to bring my podcast out? Are you trying to bring it down? <laughs> but, uh, James, you good. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> I don't think you're going to have any problems with I'm with what I'm about to say, but maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that we should have any kind of like a gun registry or anything anything like that. I think we should normalize gun ownership, um, and that more people should own guns. And this whole thing with Biden's new gun ban proposal i don't know uh much about it i haven't looked into it but i think i'm sure it's in response to this uh brooklyn shooting where like 29 people got shot um but the thing is it's like there who else was there who was the uh person that was there that's not a criminal that had a gun and that could do something about it. There was nobody there that was armed, that was ready to fight back. And uh, Democrats with their gun policies, I know that you don't like the whole Democrat versus Republican thing, but um, Democrats are making us all into soft targets um, what, wherever they're in control. And I know that Republicans aren't perfect in this regard, but... Um, you know, these people, they think like, like, what do they think? Like, oh, uh, we should have called the cops or something. It's like, how long did this um, did this event take place? It In the amount of time that it would have taken for the police, for someone to call the police and for the police to arrive and for them to handle the situation, like, it would have been a, a lot longer than if there would have been people there who were armed and that, and could like protect themselves and other people. So gun control, I think is a hundred percent the opposite direction that we need to be going with this stuff. Like I said, we need to normalize gun ownership 
And I'm sure you know the saying, a, an armed society is a polite society because when people are armed and you know that they're armed, you're going to be less likely to try something against them. You're going to be less likely to be disrespectful and to start shit with them. So that's all I wanted to say about that. No, no, you're good. Absolutely. You know, you know what, radio, I honestly, <laughs> the reason why I said it is because one time you said something about coming up here blasting someone in their face. And that's why I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to make sure you don't say that no more. <laughs> no, not no more, but like, don't say that here uh, with this discussion because I'm like, oh, yep, clip it. Yep. yep. Look, these people are crazy. So I don't want to do anything that kind of hurts the discussion that we're having. <laughs> okay, but it's like, what are you going to do if the cops aren't there? Like, you're going to need, need somebody to do that, how, right? How the nation is and how people think nowadays. They'll think that, okay, you're, we're, we're just as crazy as they say that we are. We're not. <laughs> but, like, if you go for the face, you know, that's the head. <laughs> You're most likely going to make it. I mean, you might be a pretty good aim if you're going for some eyeballs or something. Just saying. But... I'm not going to deny that I'm crazy. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so uh, definitely, I appreciate your time. Let me pull up Lance and Baldy. Uh, um, Lance, uh, go ahead. Oh, hey, y'all. Yeah. So. I'm very, very strongly far left on the Second Amendment, which means I'm like the far right. I'm very pro-Second Amendment. But like cars, even though there's nothing that says you, in the Constitution you can drive a car, there wasn't anything that said you could ride a horse back in the day, so I consider that a right too. But it's heavily regulated. And the more dangerous the vehicle from, you know, small car to truck, commercial truck to, uh, you know, big truck to big rigs, you have to have an extra layer of uh, scrutiny and licensing and show that you can ride it or drive it. So I, that's how I feel about a uh, gun. Even in the wildest of why? the wildest of the wild west, you, you enter. No, why, why, you no, no, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like that the government has to have any business on any of that? Why can't we not just do it as ourselves, as a community? Why do we need the government? The gov any, everything the government touches turns to shit. So why do we need the government to regulate us instead of ourselves? I hear you. So what you would say is no inspection for cars, no licensing. You shouldn't have to have a license, shouldn't have to have inspection, shouldn't have to have any regulation. If I want to ride a big, drive a big rig and make money at it, and I just learned yesterday for an hour how to drive a big rig and I can't drive it safely or anything, that's okay? Would you drive a vehicle if it wasn't blow up on you? What's that? Would Would you drive a car? And if you if the car you're driving, if you don't feel safe in that vehicle, would you drive that vehicle? Yes or no? Some people would, because it was for, would, for money. Would you? If you don't have any brakes, would you drive a vehicle? Yes or no? Yes, because I was a cab driver. Sometimes they made me because they own the car and they wouldn't get the brakes fixed. So you're just driving a vehicle around with no brakes. Because I had so an asshole boss. That's your best, your fault. That's not that's not everyone else's fault. That's yours. No, I agree, but I would lose a hundred dollars a day and not pay rent. I had a choice of drive the car the way it is or not. Could you kill somebody without brakes, Lance? You could kill somebody without brakes. What's that? That's selfish. No, no. What I'm saying is, I worked for a company. I didn't own the car, and they said you drive the car the way it is or go home. 
someone else is waiting to drive it if you don't want to. So I had the choice of driving a car with really, really horrible brakes or not working. Because I worked well, for a cab company. Go ahead and find a job. Well, that's easier said than done, right? So go find a job. Mm-hmm. It takes two weeks, maybe you get a paycheck, but I got to pay rent. I got to pay my bill. You know, I mean, these things are, they're great in theory. But what I'm asking you this, though, in all honesty, do you think that if someone wants to drive a big rig because they want to make a lot of money and they've driven pickup trucks and they learned how to do this, that they should drive a big rig after maybe just a day of learning? And because you don't want government telling you what to do or regulations, right? I think well, that would be yeah, very no, different. I don't know. So the thing is, okay, so so therefore, it sounds like, um, therefore, just because I want to pay my bills, fuck everyone else's life on the road. Um, we, we have to hold ourselves accountable. The government is only doing this and making laws and stuff so they can control people. Now, you if with what you're just saying right now, it's the arguments that they push. So you have to hold well, yourself no. personally. One second. You have to hold yourself compa- you have to hold yourself responsible for your actions. If you're on a road with a vehicle and you know damn well that you have no brakes, you have no business being on the road. If your company tells you you shouldn't, you need to blast them for that and then, and then report them to the authorities because you're putting other people's lives in danger. But well, you know, there should be some laws out there to to do this. We can as ourselves, we can protect ourselves as a community. But when people are selfish and they don't want to like lose their job, their income, and all this stuff, because they you know do something wrong knowingly, that's an issue. But we don't have well, to have yeah, a government breathing out our, our, our necks all the time yeah, in order to operate our lives. Actually, actually, here's the thing, right? And, and again, if you look at history, because it would get really cumbersome and really difficult to do, like all the murders and all the rapes and all the robberies and all the crimes like that and all the traffic stuff and all the red lights, whatever, people that get hit and pedestrians and all this stuff we're talking about, driving a bigger. If people are going to self-regulate, boy, that's a lot of stuff in terms of and have your job, too. And actually, if you look at history, the reason for a lot of laws, and I don't, I'm, I'm anti-government. I, I wouldn't mind in being an anarchist, anarcho, uh, uh, you know, syndicalist and all these things. I, I don't mind no government. I, I agree with that basic concept of anarchy. I do. But it's still going to have to have some kind of government governance somewhere in terms of people that commit violent crimes and stuff. So what I'm saying, though, is, is that a lot of laws got passed because the people said enough is enough. I'll give you one quick example, then I'll shut up because you know everybody wants to talk. But cabs, there's actually one. There's actually final ten more seconds. Well, Lance, Lance, before your example, you just said something violence. The Constitution does not protect people for hurting other people, their property and their rights. The Constitution protects people against those things. Now, if you're not doing those things, you shouldn't have extra laws in place that puts you in a position where it's harder for you to protect your family. So the thing is, these laws are not created to protect our communities. If you look at the black community, like, listen, Chicago, uh, you know, different places, Atlanta, there's high crime rates, but they have high regulations on these things. These regulations are working against criminals. We're hurting only people who actually abide by the law, more so than people who are um, um, messing up the law. Does that totally make sense? agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So in other words, if you did a broken window, if you did a scrutiny and you went to the suburbs and you said, we're going to scrutinize the suburbs, right? And you were going to do every little, every little uh, broken windows policing and every little infraction and stop and frisk, I guarantee you, I, I, this is what I think you would be saying, we'll 
arrest just as many people as we do in the inner city because they're smoking just as much illicit drugs, if not more. They're doing as many DUIs, driving home drunk or more. They're doing as much robbery and theft and all the stuff that we talk about in the inner city. So if you put the same scrutiny to middle-class suburbs, you'd be arrested just as many people. It's the scrutiny that results in the arrest, not because there's any more violence or any more bad stuff going on. It's just because of the scrutiny itself. I, I agree with you on that. But just to- I'm going to come back to you. Hold on. These people in the middle class, they be snorting drugs and doing all this, all this extra stuff too. They be booger sugaring it up. Like you gotta, this, this, you're, you're repeating the narrative of every, every narrative I've ever heard in my entire life. You're repeating every freaking narrative I've ever heard. Let me say but most people are not like that. Most people are normal. I, I and that's a, not true. Go ahead, Jet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree to disagree only because I agree. And I and I'm not agreeing with the the whole, I guess, um, how it comes about. I agree that you would arrest just as many as much people as you would in the suburbs if they put that that type of eye or scrutiny out there. I won't say they're not and I won't say they they have it or or, or they they are. You know, I won't say they are. or They ain't. But what I'm saying is that for when you talk about the people who are committing these acts and everything, I don't. I don't I can't say anything on on a on a negative type of well kind of kind of but those people are really locked up and and they have interviews on those people that when they come out there and they they hear about how how crazy they are these people really believe that but when I get back to what I'm talking about is the reason why people do things is the mindset their mindset is the main thing that tells them it's okay, or I only have these opportunities, or 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 whatever it may be, and and then when you go before the mindset, it's what creates that mindset is their environment and everything. Yeah, I understand that there's a lot of people that aren't taking responsibility for themselves. Even even to me, I have a hard time disciplining myself when it comes up getting every day just to go to work. There's days I want to take off, and that's just a low level of. Uh, me being undisciplined and how it can uh, add or lead me on to a life of, I would say that's negative because I'm not a productive member of society, but you have a lot of people who are in certain positions to where they don't feel they have an opportunity as other people in other uh, positions of society that they're reverted to doing certain things. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's because of where you live, or I wouldn't say that the police need to, because it's even in the police rhetoric that they only, they have a certain level Level of minorities that they have to go to for their quota. They have a certain uh, way that they look at people when they're taking uh, or when they're making traffic stops. So what they look for, you can ask any cops and they have just, I would say, social identity things that they go to like, oh man, you were, you're driving this type of car and it's, it's a night, it's a, it's a 2006 and we're in two, 2022. Like I, I just had to stop you. And a, a cop will even stop. Like it's, it's justifiable for a cop to stop somebody with a not as, much newer car and it looks like it's 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 acting funny on the road to stop them just on insurance alone because if you don't have a super nice car or it it looks like you don't have a lot of money to really put in that area of your life so definitely uh, there's a big probability that you wouldn't be paying insurance on that crappy car so yes i'm going to stop you even under that that could be looked at as a as a social premise for how i you didn't you didn't stop me because it was the numbers or or you were this was the statistics um, 
uh, I guess, smart, or I, I let five cars pass in, 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 st- in statistical standards. I'm supposed to stop you every six car. You didn't look at it like that. You looked at it as the social pre- pretense of what, what, what type of life I'm living. And why, why I bring that up is because uh, you can't be so hard on them. Donnie was saying that, um, you know, the the numbers wouldn't be exactly the same if they put the same tactics that they did in other areas, because it, it would it would be like that. But at the same time, they're not doing that because there's a whole premise before you even even if I was a cop, there would be a premise because we're all human. But I, I really just want to kind of uh, support them. But I actually, let both of y'all know that it's not who that person is because I don't I, I can't be like I can't look at a white person and be like oh because they're white they probably hunt not every white person hunts or and I can't look at a person and just think that oh they're gonna do something negative I have to really understand that mindset that's why psychology is a big thing in cr- in criminal criminal history or when they look at you know diagnosing uh, uh, that a type of uh, you know. Um, what's the technical word, uh, a, a case-based study or on a, on a certain type of individual, it's the mindset, you know, we, it's not because they're a certain person. Yeah, that they- yeah, yeah I get that. So my, my whole thing is we're having these discussions. I want people to come up there up here and have a discussion about things that they, 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 they understand on their own. When I hear talking points, I've been hearing for years and years and years. And and maybe as an excuse to take away people's rights, that's not adding to the the conversation in an extent to where we can fix the problem. So I've heard plenty of narratives. As I say, when I talk about things, y'all never heard of Kitty, right? I bet most of y'all never heard of Kitty. But I but I played her stuff today. And there's a reason why they do they do they think that they do the things they do. And it's not because they care about your safety. It has nothing to do with that. And if that was the case, then uh, they would censor music talking about killing each other. Like, what other what other genre do you hear about people killing each other, their own community, and it's praised? So that's the mind. <laughs> for me, I'm just like, um, I just don't want to hear the. And honestly, I don't think when we have these discussions, like this Constitution stuff. Not everyone is a criminal. Not everyone is what the media paints them to be. But when it comes to our rights and freedoms, do you want to protect your household or not? Right? Any way near possible. Do you want to be deemed as a criminal because you want to protect your household? You have the right to do it, to protect your household. You have a, we, we, we had, the other day we had uh, the guy that's, um, who shot the, the shooter in church in Texas. We played his stuff. And he saved people that was in the church. But if they made the church a no-gun zone, then everyone probably would have died in that church. It would be on news, and they would be pushing these regulations like they're doing right now. But they didn't. It's not even that huge of a story, because guns have saved people's lives. Come back to the fact that you're defending your life and your liberties. They don't show the statistics of guns saving people's lives. They're they're out there, but they don't publicize it. They don't make it mainstream media big news. But um, John, I I saw you had uh, made a few comments in the chat. You said um, you said you have to be responsible, take responsibility. You're absolutely correct. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. We can't just be like, oh well, I'm only doing this because like I they told me I had to. 
like you know, um, you know what? Let John to go ahead and speak on that. He can go ahead and go ahead and uh, speak on it. Go ahead, John. Thank you, Donnie. Uh, yeah, a couple of things. You know, I sent you this article, I think, a few days ago. But um, regarding that, uh, you know, there was an article in Forbes magazine, and it talked about how when the CDC and the FBI kept track of statistics on this, that over 3 million lives are saved every year by DGUs, defensive gun uses. And that involves people that, because they're carrying, uh, they've saved themselves from being raped or their child stolen or being robbed or killed. And a lot of times, most of the time, like over well over 90% of the time, 95% of the time, there wasn't a shooting involved, but just the fact that somebody drew a gun that would scare off whoever was going to commit the crime. So it, it, it really does prevent uh, violent crimes. I mean, it's, it's statistically proven. And the last few years, they haven't been keeping track of that data because it doesn't fit the government's narrative. But I think, Donnie, I sent you that link to that article, if I remember right. Um, but I mean, it's a fact. I mean, if people are armed and they know how to, and, and you know, and I do believe like, you know, I got my concealed carry and I went to class. I, you know, I went through the whole program in order to get my license. And I believe in that uh, because I, I remember in that class, like 75% of the attendees were women. Because when you talk about defensive gun uses, like it, that's about right. 70, 75% of these people are women that, that uh, have to, you know, in a defensive gun use a situation. And uh, many of them were in that class, not many, but there was a few that had never shot a gun or held a gun. And uh, this guy was really good. He was an, he, he used to be a sheriff. He had his own gun range where I took it. And he spent a lot of time with them. And by, by the end of that program, I mean, they were putting, you know, they were putting um, shots on target, uh, what, 200, what was it, 140 out of 150 shots. So they knew how to shoot. I mean, he spent his time, took time. And they got comfortable shooting the gun. They knew how to use it. But I do believe people have to go, should go through that if they want the right to carry. And um, the other, the other uh, comment regarding it's a mindset, it is not a mindset. The police know the areas where the crimes are being committed. And they know what crimes are being committed, where. I mean, I remember I sold this type of software to police departments. You know, this goes back to the 90s. And this is all about business intelligence, where they know where the high crime areas are and what types of crimes and things like that. So I don't even know what type of data they have today. But it's not a mindset. They just know uh, where the highest probabilities of crime are. And that's where they go to. It's not it's not a mindset like they're looking. It's, it's not a it's not a question of color or anything like that. They just know what areas need more help than others. It, it, it has nothing to do with mindset. It's all data. The data is all there. It's always been there for the last 20, 30 years. And it gets more and more refined. And uh, I mean, they have this stuff down. So it's not that they're out to get certain people or anything like that. They just know where they're needed. Um, that's all I'll say on that, Donnie. Okay. I have a quick thing to just say real quick about John. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 
on the part of they know where to go. But as far as when I get back to saying that it's a mindset, I'll just make this quick little little uh, reference. I don't know if you played the game Sims. I know it might be a horrible reference when people are like, oh, you know, and hear that at this serious topic. But in the game Sims, it, I don't care if you start off how, or how much you start off with. I think you start off with like 25 grand. I'm not bringing money into the topic, but the Sims have something down if they understand when you first start off with Sims. I remember on the old Sims on the PlayStation 2 where you just um, – if you just wanted to stay at home or just play the game and you didn't understand it, getting the job and all that stuff, uh, you would run you down your money. But the Sims have aspirations and they want they have goals that they want to accomplish and their mood and their 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 mindset does change. And to the point where you can't even use the bathroom without them stopping midway and, and pouting. And what I what I why I bring that up is because if you put your Sim in a little four by four box with with nothing then they don't necessarily have that. I want to say, I would go back to this one uh, scientist that talked about uh, having a chemical balance, a proper balance, a uh, proper chemical balance uh, when a child is being born and how, how they get nurtured from their mother. And that creates a certain type of chemical balance and they need this level. And I'm not a scientist, so I'm not about to go in on that. But and, and I agree with you of why when I say when I say I agree with you, John, with where the, co- the cops know where to go. Well, yeah, I would definitely understand that they know where to go because of city planning. And when you get at how they even when you look at how a ghetto, a ghetto was built and the, the, the originality of ghettos, they didn't start. It wasn't like the rhetoric or narrative where we have it today where it's low poverty uh, minorities. Ghettos really started back in the Depression. And so I, I would just have I would just say that it, it you would I, I would ask you to look at the mindset part of it more. Hey, look, I, I, I don't play games, first off. But the thing is, is, you know, the police, let's, let's, let's keep on track about the police. The sure. police have to know, know where they're needed. And yes, you, 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 you can't develop a mindset to do that. I mean, you got to look at this coldly. I mean, you got to look at it coldly without emotion. I mean, you got to look at it like, you know, it, it, I mean, cause I've worked on this stuff before and, you know, they'll look at it and they'll see where the, where the, where the bad areas are. And, yep. they, you know, that's just where they're going to go. They don't make a judgment like, well, that's a ghetto or that's, you know, in suburbia somewhere or that's this or that's. They just know. I mean, they, that, that's all they got to go on. They go on the data. I, and there's I feel no that. mindset. These guys don't have a preconceived, you know, you know, maybe some of them would. I, I don't I know. But I, I never ran do, into bro. that. But but you have to go. I mean, that's what they got to work with. Exactly. I mean, and that's I'm, the best not, thing that works right now. You know, I I'm mean, not, I don't know of anything better. I mean, you have to, I mean, they have, and the way it is now, it, you know, business intelligence gets more and more refined. I mean, not only that, but I mean, let's get off on another topic. I mean, grocery stores and stuff know where to package things. Like they know, like, for example, for men, if they're picking up diapers, you want to have the beer right by the diapers, because if they get the diapers, they're going to want the beer. So, I mean, I mean, those are examples that go back. I mean, they, these, these people, businesses John, and governments John, have stuff really refined. John, John, real quick. I want, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm not clarified on your stance. So are you supporting what Biden's doing or no? No, 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 no. God, no. 
Okay, no. so no, I want to no, no. clarify I'm, this I'm, too. Uh, a lot, I'm, I'm a, a lot of times in these uh, areas, like the hood or ghetto or whatever, a lot of times cops don't want to show up because they don't want to die, right? There's a bunch of criminals in these areas, in those kind of areas where um, they're being shot and killed. Um, well, Donnie, if I could respond to that, I mean, you know, this goes back to what I was saying the other night. I mean, because the police, you know, they, they don't have any protection from the judges, right? I mean, they can go to an area and get shot, and they can't really, a lot of times they, they can't really, their hands are tied, right? So, yeah, there are some areas where they know, like, they're not going to be, like, it's the problems developed in Houston is developed in a lot of these major cities where these very leftist judges have gotten in. And, uh, you know, it's happened up there in Dallas, too. And it's it's just, you know, a lot more policemen than ever are being shot right now. And they know they're not, you know, the the, the, the judges don't have their back. They know that. And, and it's a well, topic no, of conversation. True. That's not necessarily true because we have... We no, it have is true. Before. It is true. No, it is it's true. not. Yeah, John, it listen, is. please. No, 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 it's not. Because there's times when the cops do things that are wrong. And they'll go up and rip the, the, the piece of evidence from the defense side out. And no one says anything about them defending each other and hiding what, they're, what they've done wrong. You know, there's not every cop is perfect. No, I know that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say everyone is cops, perfect. I'm not cops. saying that. I'm not saying but the that. thing is, I, I feel like sometimes we get so um, turned up on uh, protecting the police because they've been attacked so heavy for the last couple of years with the BLM and everything. That we don't want to have construction criticism when when it comes down to how things are ran in our cities. With these in these ghettos and we in these um high crime areas, sometimes cops don't go. That's why I say like these areas where we have people who have high gun regulations. One second, please. When we have high regulations, people are afraid. First of all, people are afraid of guns because they've been told to be afraid of guns, so therefore they don't have them in their households. And so they can't protect their families. And also, yeah. too, we have a faster response rate than a police officer will have a gun in your house and you know how to operate and you know the safeties and everything like that. You have a better chance of protecting your family than the police do because the police are going to get a phone call and then they're going to be called out wherever they're at and they don't make it there on time. That's not the cop's fault, but it's our community's fault that we don't have our own protections in place to protect our communities. And in these kind of communities where they have very strict gun laws, they have higher crime rates. And so, no, no question. Yeah, no question. And that's not going to change either. Yeah. They can if we stop uh, voting in people and, and keep people in office that, that promote those kind of policies. But you know, for the most part, the black community votes Democrat. Those, those Democrat um, people, um, politicians, do not care about the black community. They just use them for votes. That's true. And so, and so true. when we have those areas that are high crime rates, because the criminals get to do whatever they want to. And people have um, are afraid to well, have. Well, there's no them. consequences for them. That's why. Exactly. I mean, you know, they they're out in the street faster than the paperwork and get processed. That's what's going on in Houston right now. And and you know, I'm I'm not saying that there's not a bad cop here and there, right? I mean, nobody's perfect, and no force is perfect. Yes, but sir. but you got to look at the trends. I mean, the trends are like Houston has had the highest murder rate in history this past year. And, and, you know, they got these liberal judges that are letting criminals back out on the street. And that's the problem. And, and very I just simply have, put, very simply put. I just got one thing about like what comment you had made about the cops and, and, and you specifically when you said you've done this for you've worked in it. And I would say that that gives you that when did that grant you some experience and and some knowledge in it. And that already. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that kind of already sets your mindset. And I hate to use that word again because I know you don't like where I'm coming, but maybe you're seeing, maybe, maybe you're seeing. I'm I didn't develop it. a mindset. I just, it's just giving them the data and, you know, they can do with the data what they want. I, I didn't get any more involved in it than just getting them a program that would allow yep. them to do that. And that's, that's all I got involved in. I mean, I didn't get involved in any of the decisions or anything like that. I just wanted them to have the data to see where, where the highest propensity of, of, Crime. crime and certain crimes are going to happen and yes. it gave them that that's all they had to work with and and you know and i was done basically with that but that was that was my job right i mean that was my project at the time so. I, I know a former officer and i'm going to get off after i say this because i just like i just want to bring it up i'm i've never been in law enforcement uh, officer i've never been in the law enforcement i've only been in the military and even just for the military i know how the mindset will change when, you know, the civilians, they clap their hands and they, they support you and they even some of them don't. But your mindset changes off of even after you get out of boot camp and then when you start first going to A school, tech school, MOS school, tra- anything, anything. So when I when I talk to a buddy of mine who uh, me and him go to the same church, he used to be a cop. And the reason why he stopped being a cop was because he personally told me that they're they're politics within the force become so corrupt that it's not really how did he describe it he he described it as a as a the person the individual and it and i say this one little thing it only takes one bad cop to ruin a whole force it only takes one bad cop to ruin a whole force because they're looked at as an image. That's why even in the military, they don't like the, the dirt bags or the shit bags. And if a person doesn't keep their uniform clean and, and I see how, um, why it's transitioned into that and a lot of stuff and, and people can well, say, yeah, that can happen. I mean, yes, you know, it takes one bad chief of police or one bad. Yeah. I mean, that can happen. I mean, I'm not denying that. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, John. John, you know I love you. We, we, we honestly. Well, I mean, listen. Johnny, I've told you, I've, I don't go anywhere without caring, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm always caring, and I, I believe I'm very. I mean, I'm a life member. I believe in the Second Amendment and all that, and yes, I, I see what all the statistics are saying and everything. So, yeah, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, no, you're good. Like, I, I want to say this. That's why I love you guys too, as well, so much. Like, we don't have to agree on everything, yeah. but we're trying to find a solution together. And like, I want to paint these examples because I feel like sometimes like whatever the narrative has been painted, we, we kind of stop repeating the narrative in a sense. But you're in Houston. That's a different ball game. <laughs> a very different ball game. Well, well it is and it isn't. It's I very mean, evil. Very it's, evil it's, what's going on over there. You're right. Yeah, there's there's a common trend, though, emerging all around the country. It's the same thing. It's not just Houston. It's Dallas. It's all over. Right. So right. And that's why I understand your point of view, because you're in a different spot than me, because I don't live in Dallas. But I see yeah, I know. You live close you, to it. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. trying to do the good thing, the right thing. And I agree. I think there's a lot of them trying to do the good thing, the right thing. Yeah. yeah. But, like, but, but um, I, I just, that's why we're having these conversations. But let me uh, play something real quick for you guys before we pull up Steve. Steve's in the Chicago area. Remember that story about the, the black nine-year-old who saved his family's life? I'm going to play this story real quick for y'all. And then we're going to pull Steve up next. Um, make sure you go to me a favor. If you have Facebook, any kind of platform, share this on here because we didn't have a conversation. And Jet, uh, you said you're going to jet, but Jet, don't jet because you're supposed to be a speaker with me. Yeah, so, like, don't I'm, jet. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm here. 
Don, I don't know if I ever told you, I never got on Facebook. I just out of principle because Good. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg stole it. He didn't build it. I mean, and you know, and I just won't support somebody yes. just out of principle that stole. I mean, he stole it from the Winklevoss brothers. That's a whole nother debate, but, but yeah, that's why I never could get. I thought he. I thought they tried to steal that from him. No, 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 no. It was the Winklevoss brothers that came up with the yep. whole idea. It used to be called the Harvard Connection, and it was something yep. else before that. And yeah. it was Winklevoss brothers, and and they, if you, you know, the, that movie, The Social, Social Network, Network or whatever, they go into that some. Yeah. But but no, they they. But Zuckerberg had to pay them each like sixty million or something like that. You know, that was back in two thousand seven or eight when it was settled. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, but yeah. the Winklevoss brothers took that money and they started their own crypto platform. They still became multi-billionaires anyway. Oh, yeah. They're very, very sharp guys. I mean, they're twins, I think. So yes, very, very, they, they very, very bright guys. Yeah. They rode crew together. And I remember after that movie came out and the big whole, you know, thing on that, that wave on that, they had a, a, a special guest appearance on the pistachio. Uh, was it? But yeah, the pistachio commercials for the, the nice green you know, high dollar pistachios. I love those things. Yeah, They're pretty funny. Look, but no, all Zuckerberg guys, is. Up. Zuckerberg's just a thief. I mean, that's all he is. A big, you know, and that's yeah. That, just, you know, just like he stole this election. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> yep. He's good at stealing. But here's that's real right. quick. Let me play this little nine year old who saved his family. And then whenever they have kids with guns in their hands, like, oh my gosh, it's so evil. No. You have to protect your household when the daddy's not there. Daddy has to go to work. So let's play this real quick. It's not the same story. I'm just, I just said, but like, let's play it because this is a black family. So let's play it. Let's roll the clip. Here we go. A boy is being called a hero as his mother and her boyfriend were being terrorized by gunmen. He made a bold move. Let's go live to 7 Action News reporter Tara Edwards, live at Warren. And Tara, very brave young man. Very brave little one, Jeff. Now imagine being a child and hearing two men with their guns drawn yelling at your own mother and her boyfriend. Well, he did something that some adults say they couldn't even do. They couldn't even do. And we spoke to one of the male victims in this. Jerome Brown was playing on his tablet. His girlfriend was sitting on the couch when two men knocked on the door pretending to know his cousin. Then they barged in with guns drawn. They made me strip. They made me take my clothes off. I was down to my shorts, and um, I had no shirt on, nothing. And they made her come from over there and lay with me, by me, on the floor. And then they threw the blanket over our heads. The robbers grabbed computers and a PlayStation. But little did they know a nine-year-old boy, Jerome's girlfriend's son, was hiding in the closet. As the suspects continued to ransack the Hazel Park home, little Jaden Kanka made his escape out of a window and to the neighbor's home, who called police. It was loud. They were, you know, he knew they had a gun. It was all loud, talking about where the money at. You know, we're going to kill y'all if y'all don't tell us where the money at. They was talking about tying us up. Hazel Park police got to Jerome's house just in time. The robbers were still inside. One tried to escape out of a back window. Both were arrested. That is the story I thought I was playing. There's a story. I'm going to find it. I'm going to play it for y'all. There's a story where the little boy uh, protected his mama, and he had a gun, and that's how the robber stopped. I will find that exact story. But it's a little kid. The little kid. I uh, will find that one. The little kid. I thought that was the same story, but this is not the same story. But yeah, this so little kid who, who had saved his mom, 
in his family in his household because he had a he he got the gun and pulled it out and the robbers ran away. So, the thing is, is, go ahead, John. Yeah. So Donnie, that that proves my point. You know about about DGUs. That's one of the three million lives that are potentially saved every year, and that's a good example right there. And but, uh, you know, I had yeah, my kids. But, I had my kids but, learn. You know, they learned when they were ten and twelve, and they received. Yeah expert nra instruction and then we go to the range and you know they had to learn how to take the guns apart and clean them and all that sort of thing but yeah, yeah. i'm glad yeah. john you I, just real quick i'm glad that you did uh you know put your input on that part about uh the dgus and uh the terms all all that good stuff about about defensive gun users because i i was commenting in the comment section while you were talking and it's not the guns that save people's lives, Donnie. You know, it's it's the defensive gun users, the proper term. But, you know, it's the education, like John, how you're saying, when you went and got your concealed carry, that 75% of the people, the attendees were women, and, and some of them didn't even know. And how I liked how you put the guy that was training everybody, he made sure that they actually knew because it's the education. That's what it comes back to, the education on, on anything, protecting yourself, education of you knowing your laws and your rights. All that stuff goes in, you know, a full circle when, when, we're, when we're here, when we're here talking about all that. But thank yeah, you. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So we interrupted Donnie. I don't know if she's going to. Yeah, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I found the right story. I found the right story, you guys. This is how we get Where's down this is Oh, right my God. Okay. I got you guys. The little boy saved his mama and his family. This is the right story. Here we go, you guys. <laughs> See, I love you guys. Thank you for your patience. You know what I'm saying? Um, hold on. But that other story you played, imagine that nine-year-old had a gun. He was hiding in the closet. He would have been able to save the family. But he went to a neighbor's house. That's how they were able to save him. Only if he was trained on it. We do have a faster reaction time ourselves than we do the cops. It's faster to, okay, go order pizza or make your own pizza. Well, are you eating faster or not? All right? Same thing with guns and in your household. Anything you need to protect yourself. I have an exact story now. I remember this picture. I'm about to play it for you guys on momentum. And now, and I, I like playing this stuff with the black families because they scare us from having dogs. They scare us from having guns. So hold up. Here we go. I have the exact one now. Actually, this is a five-year-old. A five-year-old. This little Viking with brown skin, in my opinion. Hold on. When these alleged thieves picked a home to invade, little did they know there was a tiny crime fighter inside. Five-year-old David fought back, throwing his toy trucks at the bad guys. Flesh Front reports the mom is now calling him her hero. A brave five-year-old boy came to the rescue of his family during a terrifying home invasion. And he did it by throwing these toy trucks at the gun-toting suspects, totally unnerving them. He wasn't scared at all. He said he had to protect his mother. You see the moment four men forced their way into the home after kicking in the kitchen door. It happened in this quiet neighborhood in South Bend, Indiana. Tamika was ironing when the men poured into the room. How scary was that? I'm still having nightmares. It's, it's hard for me to sleep at night. There is pandemonium as the men point guns at the family. But little David did not run and hide. Instead, he picked up his toy trucks and threw them at the bad guys. 
Man, he threw some punches, too. When those bad guys came into your house, what did you do? Beat them up. That's right. He beat them up. And he gave me a big smile when I compared him Ooh. to his favorite superhero. A lot of people are saying... It's funny how in these commercials... I know the whole story. There's also this involved. It's funny how they only talk about the toys to protect themselves. Come on now. These men had guns. So this is what the news does. They don't want you guys to think that guns protect your households. And it's funny how they, they only talk about the little toys he threw at them. It's not the whole story. But anyways, I'll continue to let them tell their bullshit. But hold on. Saying you're just like Batman. You're a superhero. <laughs> the men certainly didn't expect a five-year-old to fight back. And David's actions startled the bad guys so much, they gave up and ran the heck out of there. Do you think it's possible? You're telling me that this little this full, they're full of shit, by the way. You're telling me this little boy threw little toy cars at them and they didn't shoot them? And they had guns? Come on now. It's full, they're full of shit. They're not telling the whole story, but anywho. Exactly. The laughing emojis. Exactly. Oh, I'm so scared of Tarku. A little boy, a little five-year-old throwing cars at me. They're lying. So anyways, they know the whole story. But anywho. Um, John, thank you so much for uh, coming up here and speaking. I'm going to throw Steve up here because he is in an area where the violence is heavy. And I want to hear his perspective on this because I feel like... But one second. Uh, Steve, go ahead. All right. <clears throat> um. Well, I, like I said, I don't hear watch the news or anything, but I see what I um what. Um, people I follow on Twitter, Twitter and Facebook, so I could comment on certain things. But yes, I'm um, talking about these ghost guns that Biden is putting bans on. Um, you know they've been there for a long time. They're still there. I remember I had friends who owned them. Um, and you know I've been there a lot through different neighborhoods. I've seen police, I've seen gunfights. With At times, yeah, when I was younger, I got scared, but as I got older, you know, me hearing gunshots, I knew what was a gunshot, and I knew, you know, if I'm not in the area where they're coming from or from the direction they're coming from, I have no problem or um, have no reason to be scared. But I've been through a lot of it. You know, I lived in multiple areas, like the black community, Hispanic community, white, uh, multiple culture community. And a lot of these Hispanic communities, they're bad. You know, they'll go in your neighborhood, they'll go in, or they'll invade your home and they'll shoot your family. Um. But, like, with these cops, you know, yeah, I understand that they can't really do much because, you know, by the, by the time a crime is committed, it's already too late. It's either someone got killed, someone got shot, now ambulance are on the way, you know, there's a whole investigation going on where it's going to take probably a, a month or so, if possible, for them to find the person who did these crimes. Um... <clears throat> I agree with you, Steve. I also like how you're, you know, 
promoting the cops and how they don't just like John, I, I didn't even get to hit on that, you know, cause you got so in that mindset thing, but uh, you know, John also bringing you back up on how you were like, the cops don't get supported. Um, especially by the judges, uh, especially now with, I think the past 10 years and everything, uh, 10, maybe even 15, 20, but, uh, with all this BLM and all this stuff. And, you know, when it comes down to a, a real scrutinized case and it gets public view mass over the, the nations. Yeah. The, the cops don't get protected. They really don't. And it, and it's more so like they're trying to out there to get them. And then also with like how, uh, Steve, what you said, how, when, Admitted it already. It's already happening. Cops, you know, now it's an investigation and something and something's already done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, that goes to the response time. And but then that can go back to how Donnie talks about how we all do need to be educated and and protecting our own rights, protecting ourselves, and being uh, uh, avid gun owners. And then what John saying, you know. Uh, being the DGU at at the times when you're able to, uh, a lot of things are like he said, uh, I used to work for ADT. And when we used to have our little, um, our little list or our app that we used on our phone to go to certain houses to, to you know, we went to people who just bought a house and we would promote the idea of them having home security. You know, it's a thing you want to get done within the first six months. You know, we show them the statistics and all that stuff. And uh, even if they don't want to want to bring up this, how John, uh, brought it up it is how even if you have a gun and you're educated and you're able to carry your license, you went through the course and all that stuff, you're, you're educated and you're you're not only educated, but you're confident about yourself owning that gun and, and being able to stop the situation. Just having it and being a uh, what do they call it? I don't John, you might know the actual term, but like being a visual eyesore to, to the opposition, you know, and, and being able to brand, not brandish it, but actually 